You are listening to the Hoops Fix podcast, the official voice of the UK's largest basketball website. Visit hoopsfix.com for exclusive news, videos and more. Welcome to the Hoops Fix podcast with me, your host Sam Nita, full-time British basketball advocate. And we're continuing with these bonus episodes covering Luol Deng and Pops Mensa Bonsu's Instagram live sessions, hashtag Deng Pops Chat, which are chronicling their careers uh, in basketball both on and off the court so far. Episode three uh, is called College Days, and they are looking back on their careers at college. Luol obviously at Duke for a year, and uh, Pops Mensa Bonsu at George Washington. Um, but yeah, another super, super interesting episode uh, with some fascinating stories, a lot of things that I had no idea about, um, including Luol making the decision that he was going back to school uh, the coaching staff finding out and then actually making the decision that he changed his mind and he was declaring for the draft and having to have that very awkward conversation uh, with them to tell them that he was actually leaving so yeah super interesting as always um, we would appreciate your support this time uh, if you support the work that we're doing like the work that we're doing please check out our Patreon account that is patreon.com forward slash hoopsfix p-a-t-r-e-o-n.com forward slash h-o-o PSFIX and there you can sign up to give us a monthly contribution of as much as as little or as little as you'd like which helps us continue doing the work that we're doing as always you can reach out to me on my email address sam at hoopsfix.com or on every single social media platform at hoopsfix to let me know what you think anyway that is enough from me here is episode three of deng pops chat college days there he is what's up what's up there he is yeah you, you, know, you don't know how uh, tough those minutes are before you you join in. You know that it's, uh, it's, it's, it's a couple of nervous nervous moments, man. It's like, yo, I, I got to add pops on. Is this gonna work? Is this gonna yo. happen? I don't know. Yo, yo, my man played in front of tens of thousands of people and is nervous on the live. That yo, I'm actually, I'm actually sweating. Nah, it's different, yo. I'm actually sweating because I'm like, yo, what if I don't get it right? What if I can't join in? Like it just, uh, nah, it's, it's a mess, man. It's a mess. Yeah, we'll give it, we'll give it a little bit longer. I'm uh, getting better though. I'm getting better. Yeah, yeah, you learn. It's like time. What's up, Walid? My guy, Walid. Oh, Walid. Hey, story, story. Yo, Walid got <laughs> the best story. So I'm my, telling you. <laughs> my man, uh, Eddie Caddy, another honorary Ghanaian. That's uh, uh, that's here. Eddie's not Ghanaian, man. We you and Eddie are both. Honorary Ghanaians, you're Ghanaians at heart. Nah, that is true, but we claim, we claim Eddie. He doesn't know it yet. You know, we, we claim it. All South Sudanese, we claim Eddie. Oh, he's V, from, what's up, baby? We say Eddie's from the border. He's from, from the he's border. From border. Yeah, he's from our border. But uh, what's good, man? Uh, we need to pick up where we ended up last time. Mm-hmm. So um, pretty much we ended, uh, I see Sandros, uh, Philippe Sandros, that's my boy, man. <laughs> Uh, now nah, so many people on, man. You know, I, I know you got a lot of messages of just, you know, um, how positive it is. A lot of stuff that we're talking about and how a lot of people relate to it. Um, so I want to pick up, you know, kind of where we left off. We, we, we left off, I think with the recruitment, uh, you know, senior year, yeah. um, high school and basically you're getting, you're getting ready to, to make your commitment you know, to, to the school that you're going to go to or the college, I should say, college, university that you're going to go to. Mm-hmm. And for you, obviously, you said, you know, it was different mindset. You were just, you know, deciding to do whether it's basketball or track. And then you you really didn't know how long you're going to be in school, you know? Yeah, well, I mean, for me, that's funny you say that because it was never, 
how long you're going to be in school. It was always, can I get to school? Like when I was, when I first came, my, my mindset was, man, just get a scholarship. Just find a way to pay for, for, for college so that your parents don't have to work or worry about another expense. And, you know, we'll talk about it as the, the episode goes on, but we'll talk about how my mindset, mindset ended up shifting uh, probably halfway through my, my college career. And I started thinking bigger picture. And um, instead of thinking about, instead of my mindset being, you know, just getting through college, it was about how do I thrive and how do I end up being the best player I can be to um, make the most out of this basketball opportunity. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, it's, it's different. I think I, I always try to tell people, you know, I, I, I like going back to, uh, if you think back, you know, going back to when I decided, before I decided to really actually be serious about basketball, it was uh, when I was about 13, you know. So we're talking about, you know, 13, five years later, uh, 18 years old, I'm here making a decision. And it's five years, you know, prior to, do I really want to take this serious? Do I want to make this, you know, uh, be a professional basketball player? Is, is this, you know, what I'm going to be? Mm-hmm. And it was five years, and here I am sitting down with my high school coach and, you know, family and friends trying to make a decision. Am I skipping college or am I going to the NBA? And if I was going to go to college, is what school am I going to? And... I remember my my last five schools were uh, obviously Duke, uh, Virginia, uh, Indiana, uh, uh, Fairfield, uh, believe it or not. And uh, <laughs> well, that's my big last... bro. That's big bro. That makes sense. Yeah, and uh, and uh, Missouri. Uh, Quinn Snyder was at Missouri at the time. One of my favorite coaches to ever I ever played for. Yeah, now Missouri. Uh, Quinn Snyder is great, man. It's great. We still actually uh, stay in touch. Uh, we'll always communicate since then, since since I was in high school. Wow. Even though I didn't end up going to Missouri, we stayed in, in uh, communication, which is great. But yeah, but this is obviously how fast things change for me, you know, and I always tell people we're going from, you know, being refugees in Egypt into coming into the UK, not speaking English, into, you know, uh, making basketball my decision and then five years later here i am deciding whether i want to skip college or you know be a pro uh at the age mm-hmm. of 18 so life changed real fast you know and, and this is what the message that you and i were trying to say we're all taking different routes but things can change very quickly you know even for you yeah. mm-hmm. you know going to college and even that you know we spoke about high school and how we were going at it in track but you know Right away, I think, I would say, what, after your freshman year in college, uh, you knew exactly, you know, what you wanted to do. Obviously, you did, but you knew that you you had a chance. Um, that's funny you say that. I think it hadn't come at that point yet for me. Um, my junior and my brother speaks about it often, and I didn't know this until later on in my in my career that this was what it was. I remember first time I'd ever drilled or did any type of like workout was with my big brother, my junior going into my senior year. And I'd never done an individual workout before. I didn't know what any of that kind of stuff was. Like that just wasn't how I was thinking. So we're doing it and he showed me all these holes in my game and uh, IT, what's up? 
um, showing me the holes that I got in my game. And I'm like, man, I'm I'm nowhere near uh, a good basketball player. If I if if I can't make a left hand layup or I can't dunk off the right foot, like, what am I gonna do? And I just remember feeling like he was disappointed. And but then the next day we came back and I was better than I was the day before, and we just kept building and building. And uh, I think you can relate to this too. We had brothers who luckily up until at least the division one college process had gone through it. So a lot of my recruitment process came from my big brother. He had done it when he went to Juco, went to Washington state. So he had, he knew the process and, and could kind of guide me through what I was looking for. But mind you, this is 2001, 2002 cell phones. are not, I'm not that prominent. I didn't have one. Uh, I had a house phone that I had to, I could only use up until 6 p.m. person I lived with was a little different. And so he was like, you can't use my house phone after 6 p.m. But mind you, college coaches are calling me. Yeah. And I got to speak to my brother. And he was overseas. So half the time, the time difference messed us up. So he'd call me. It'd probably be 1 a.m. in France. But it's 7 p.m. here. But it's still past the time I'm allowed to talk on the phone. So there would be uh, a little, yeah. There'd be, I'd be on the phone and the guy I live with would just come and hang the phone up. So I just had no, <laughs> I had no clue of what was going on. I'd tell him, hey, uh, St. Joe's, GW, uh, what's it called? LaSalle, they called and it was like, I think they, oh, they're offering me a scholarship. You know, what do I do? And he would tell me what to look for and like opportunity. And like, I didn't have to go to a big school. And I never knew that as a kid. I just thought yeah. I would, um, I needed to go somewhere big so that I could catch up, keep up, and then hopefully one day be good at that school. But yeah. it was never, it was never a situation where I knew that DW would turn into what it ended up being. And like you said, that pivot for me, my freshman year, all I wanted to do was start and have an opportunity to play. All I wanted to do was start and. I think we played UConn the first game, and I came off the bench after Mecca and Ben Gordon, and even Char- no Mecca and Ben Gordon destroyed us. Destroyed. They won the national championship that year. Um, yeah. I started from that day forward. I remember starting yeah. from that day forward, and um, I'm gonna get to my sophomore year where I was like, okay, I want to start as a freshman. I did that. My sophomore year, I want to be one of the best players in the Atlantic Ten. Luckily, or God willing, I was able to be um, named the most improved player in the A-10. And I remember sitting back one day thinking, man, literally anything you put your mind to, any goal that you set, anything you write down, you're able to, you've been able to achieve it. Why not set your goals a little higher? And that's what I started doing. And I was like, all right, I'm one of the best players in the, in the conference now. How far can you take this? Can you be one of the best players in the country? And then, you know, my junior year went. And it's funny because I remember we spoke about this before. My junior year, I was like, I try to be one of the best players in the country. I don't know how you're going to do it, but do it. I remember we beat Michigan State and Maryland on consecutive days. And um, literally, I come back to campus and somebody asked me, are you, um, are you coming back to school? And I'm like, I'm already on campus. What are, what are y'all talking about? I'm already here. They're like, no, dummy. We're talking about are you gonna come? Are you gonna come back to school? Because people are thinking you're gonna end the draft, and and that was the craziest thing I'd ever heard to date. Because not one person had ever had ever 
brought that conversation up with me. Me and the NBA was never supposed to happen. That come in my mind, or for what I knew, I wasn't very good in London. I wasn't great in high school. I had barely made it to DW. Now all of a sudden, you're talking about I'm in. I'm, I have a chance to go to the NBA, and I remember us having a conversation. But I'll let you take over from there. Yeah, no, it's it's really um, it's uh, it's crazy how you know it's it's the same goal but different path. Because I remember for me. Um, it, it, it really didn't hit me in high school, the fact that, you know, um, being ranked so high uh, and coming into the U.S. really just made, you know, making that decision that, okay, I'm going to play basketball, this is it. And all of a sudden you come in and there's this ranking system and your competitive nature just kind of, you know, kind of just takes over where you you you're concerned about it but at the same time you want to see how much better you could get every day and for me it just kept everything just kept rolling it was like okay the word is getting out who's this kid mm -hmm. um in the middle of nowhere blair academy um uh, you know it, it was my coach's first year when i got there royale was there that was coach, coach montagna's first year it was his first year um crazy. yeah so we got there at the same time and everything just kind of took over. All of a sudden, people are talking about us, news articles, and the rankings started coming. And then before you know it, it was uh, Lua Deng, you know, uh, second best player in the nation. And it's like, you know, Slam Magazine. And LeBron decided that he's not even, you know, entertaining colleges. Um, so right away, it was, you know, every school. And things change real quick because here you are now, you're getting letters, uh, you're being recruited by everyone. Everywhere you go, you're kind of being protected. Uh, people are telling you how great you are, but you don't want to hear it. Um, and it just keeps going. And then all of a sudden comes junior year and you're visiting schools. And I remember, I remember every school that recruited me, except for, for Duke, every school that recruited me sent me a jet. Uh, a private jet. And, and now imagine that, uh, you know, 16, 17 year old, uh, you're being recruited by every school, pretty much like, you know, anything you could think of, you're showing up, people are waiting in campus, there's posters within the campus that you're there, you know, your head starts to blow up, you, you start to think, you know, this is it, you know, you're everything like, but for me, it was never that for me, it was still just how good can I be? How good can I get? And I remember every school I went to, I remember I visited Indiana with Charlie. Uh, me and Charlie visited Indiana together. And I remember uh, when I was recruited, Coach K uh, actually flew all the way to London to meet with my parents. Uh, and, you know, my dad loved Coach K. Uh, he just loved Coach K so much and had so much respect for him for even flying all the way to, to London to sit down with him. Mm -hmm. And... I remember after going to Indiana, I came back and I told my high school, I told my high school coach, I'm not visiting Duke. And he's like, you can't do that. And I said, no, I think I made up my mind. Me and Charlie are going to go to Indiana together. And this is actually to take the story back. We're sitting on the table. We're sitting on the table with uh, the Indiana staff and Charlie, me and Charlie are sitting there. And Charlie, if you know Charlie, Charlie Villanueva was just always joking, like yeah, always wow. got something on his sleeve, wow. right? So, <laughs> so, so Charlie goes, well, you know, I'm going whatever Luol goes. If Luol comes here, I'm coming here. 
And I'm sitting there, I'm sitting there like, yo, we ain't even talk about this. Like, when did you make up this? And he's like, nah. And, and this is Charlie trying to take the pressure off of him, right? So he's like, yo, if, if Luol comes here, I'm coming here. So, I'm, you know, I'm thinking me and Charlie, the same team, high school roommates. Um, we could go to college and be roommates and, you know, actually, you know, uh, do this thing together. And I remember going back and I told my high school coach, yo, cancel my Duke visit. Uh, I'm not going. He's like, no, you have to go. I'm like, I'm not going. He's like, your dad said you have to go. So I'm talking to my dad and my dad's like, yo, they flew all the way to London. You have, you have to go. So I'm like, okay, I'll go visit Duke. At that, at that time, honestly, I, I was just like, okay, I'll just go visit Duke to be nice, right? Duke is the only school that put me on a uh, regular plane, right? Not even an exit row. You know how, you know how oh, it is with the legs. They gave me like, a middle seat. You have no idea how seat. many times you have no idea how many times I faked it on a flight that I can't fit on my seat just just so I can switch seats. But but look, so I get on a plane and I'm like, yo, I, I went private jet everywhere. Like who who's this? Like what what am I about to get in this? Not even an exit row. I'm about to sit in the middle seat, you know. So I, I'm sitting there, I'm sitting there and I'm just like, man, this is just a waste of time. Like, why am I doing this? I just, you know. Uh, let's just get it done with. So I go to school, and the guy, my host, is uh, Chris Duhon, right? Out of all people, it's Chris Duhon. Now, Chris Duhon is, like, one of the nicest people to be around, man. There's no way you're around Chris Duhon and you're not having a good time. Just one of the nicest people. He just, right. you know, so cool Chris, yeah, so Chris is hosting me, and I'm going through, you know, the school, and I'm just like, hmm. Yo, it makes sense. You know, I'm like, I could come in here. We could get a chance to win it all. This is what I always wanted. This is why I left home. This is it, you know. And I'm sitting down and Coach K is like, listen, all our games are on TV. This is how I'm going to use you. This is what you're going to do. This is what you're going to have a chance to do. And everything that was, you know, given to me or provided to me went out the window. All I could think about was the opportunity that, you know, I could do right now. Like, this is Duke. I could make it happen here. You know, he's promising me this. So I went with it. So my mind has changed, you know. So I made up my mind, and I was like, you know, that's it. I'm going to Duke. And before I left that campus, I had made my decision, but I couldn't tell him. You know, mm -hmm. and I remember flying back. I remember flying back, and I told Flying him, back oh, spirit. You know, flying back on Spirit Airlines. Yeah, but I didn't care. I was just, you know, I was just, yo. Know, I was just thinking, like, yo, this is it. It's, it's going to happen, right? So I go back in school, and I told my coach, uh, yo, hold on, hold on. Let me show you this. Like, seriously, I'm sorry to cut live. But look at this thing outside. Can you see it? What's that? Is that a gecko? Oh, it's a, it's a lizard. Yeah, you see that? Man. <laughs> Bro, I've been trying to catch... I'm sorry to cut the line. I've been trying to catch that thing for like, <laughs> what the? Yo, I seen that since it was a baby, bro. I seen it grow. <laughs> yo, it's yo, a grown man now. Them things, them things can, can grow to, uh, they can get big. Got, they can get bro. big. I don't know if they bite, but I'm not trying to find out. Bro, it walks around, it, it runs my house, you know. <laughs> Man's inside. You make sure outside of all his boys. There's a tower. There's outside of like three of them. I can't go out there. Uh, but, I'm going to get it, though. But now, nah, I'm sorry. Like, yo. So anyway, so I made up my mind. It's Duke. It made sense. It's why I left home. This is what I'm going for. Like, that That was it for me. But I went back and just thanked my coach because I was great. ready to jump the gun 
because I just felt good about something that was just for me and not seeing the bigger picture. You know what I mean? Man, you know what's funny? And my guy NBA Live mentioned it, and I know my brother's going to laugh at this. Speaking of levels, speaking of levels, he said everybody but Duke sent him a private jet. I had GW, LaSalle, St. Joe's, Cleveland State. Cleveland State and Boston College were my last five schools. One of the schools that weren't in my top five, they would they knew that my older brother was gonna help me um, make my decision. So we was at this camp and there was a couple of schools that were trying to recruit me early and Speaking of the levels of the extent schools to go to, they're sending you private jets. I remember this this college uh, coach who's going to remain nameless uh, went to grab my brother and was like, yo, take these T-shirts, right? Take these T-shirts and slide them to Pops. And then let us know what he thinks after that. And my brother came over here with, like, the face. I'm like, yo, what's wrong? And he was like, they wanted me to give you these shirts. And it was like two medium shirts from their camp. And they, they were sliding it to me like they had just given me uh, a bag of money or something. And I was like, wait, my man's getting private jet set to him? And y'all over here giving me two small t-shirts? <laughs> and after that, I was like, yo, I got to get my game up. I got to work on my game. This has yeah. to change. This has to change. They give me t-shirts that didn't even fit. And so that's the experience for me, like, Again, I use it as motivation. I'm seeing like I'm like I'm seeing that like we don't have we don't have phones, we don't really have email, we don't we're not really in, like engaging like that. So the only way I can keep up and hear about you is reading the Slam magazine. I'm like, yo, he's a number two player in the country. I was like, man, what did what did I miss? What is going on? I was like, I gotta, um, <laughs> I gotta figure this out, man. But again, I like it was never hate. I just always try to figure out how do I get to his level. How do I figure? Um, how do I figure how to get my game to that level to uh, to so that I can get the private jet stream sent my way or something? Man, they didn't even send me a ticket. I think one of them I had to drive there myself. And I told you, like, and speaking of the different levels, they um, uh, speaking of the different levels, they um, I get to uh, to I'm, I'm going through the process and. Um, damn, I lost my train of thought. I just got a message that said Boris Johnson is in intensive care. Wow. Um, damn, lost my train of thought. Anyway, but um, yeah, so I was just, it was, for me, it was just inspiring and funny to see that, you know, my boys over here and we're having these two totally different experiences. It's still one and the same, but it's still uh, two ends of the spectrum. And you're going into Duke thinking, Look what you can do. You're gonna play on TV every night. I didn't we were the worst team in the Atlantic Ten my freshman year. And I wasn't even and I was one of considered one of the wasn't even one of the top players on the worst team in the Atlantic Ten. So I don't know how, but my brother, my, my cousin Eugene, speaking to them, like they were always like, Man, if you can if you if you keep doing this and keep working at it, you have a chance to, to play after school. Um uh Mo what's up. I I kept working. I kept working. And then I got to GW. Like I said, my sophomore year, I was the best player. I was the most improved player in Atlantic 10. And then going into my junior year, we beat Michigan State and Maryland. And now all of a sudden, I'm thinking like you. 
what's going to happen once I, um, once, uh, after this junior year, am I going to come back to school? Am I going to go to, um, am I going to go to the NBA? And this is something I had never, um, a thought and a conversation with myself that I never had. And yeah. it wasn't until a couple of years ago that Kojo told me, he was like, yo, I knew you was going to the NBA as going into your senior year. I was like, what? I didn't even know that. Like, how can you honestly say to me that you knew I, would, I had the talent or the ability to go to the NBA when I could never see it? Yeah. And, and I always, and like, when he tells me what he saw, like, he would tell me to do something and I would, imp and I would have added it to my game two days later. But I didn't notice until nah, I think you're I was quick, you're a quick learner. Yeah, yeah you're a quick you know learner. What? I you say that about a lot of, um, I say about African players, which we'll, we'll talk about at another time. But uh, if you throw them or, or thrust them into an element that they're not used to, it's going to be fight or flight. You're either going to figure it out or it's not meant for you. And yeah. for a lot of us, a lot of African players or players that are put into situations, you just put them in a situation to succeed and thrive, they'll do the rest. And that's how I've looked at life. I've never blamed anything on my agent, never blamed anything on uh, anybody else other than the fact that if I'm put in a position to succeed and play and I don't do it, that was on me. And that's yeah. how I looked at it, you know? Yeah, no, you just found, you found ways to just turn in uh, whatever seems to be negative or whatever that can knock you back. You seem to uh, you know, push you through it. Uh, so that's, you know, not everyone could say that. Not everyone has that, bro. It just, you just sometimes you just have it naturally. You know, I think, you know, with me, the thing was I never wanted to, to be satisfied um, with just being there. You know, I just, I just never wanted that. I just never wanted to be. I always feared that, you know, being, uh, when I was in London, I didn't want to be the kid who was, you know, he was so good when he was young. Um, mm. Then when I got when I got to Blair, I really I, I pushed myself to be okay. He's not from here, but you know he could play. He's ranked the highest. You know, I I, I really wanted that, and it wasn't just always just for me. I always wanted to I wanted it to go back to where I came from. So I always made it bigger than me, so it lasts. You know what I mean? So it's not like I'm just satisfied. I got what I wanted. That's it. And, and, you know, I did it at every level. When I got to Duke, uh, I know at the time I was, you know, the guy everyone was talking about. Uh, so I knew, I knew I couldn't come to Duke and just, I've seen players in the past go to college and go there and kind of lose track or forget what they want to do, you know. And I remember when I got to Duke right away, I just took the same routine. You know, remember I was in a boarding school. I had, mm -hmm. uh, I had my classes was very similar to college where, you know, some days I had two classes, some days I had, you know, four classes, some days I had one class. So I was used to that kind of schedule. And right away, I just went and I asked for the code for the gym as soon as I got to do. In between classes, I was going to the gym while everyone else was going back to the dorms or doing whatever. I was going from class right to the gym, getting my shots up. Um, from the gym to my next class, right back to the gym to working on my ball handling from the gym right to the class to going back to the dorm to coming back at night and getting shots up uh and i just had one track of my mind i was just like i'm not about to be the guy you just used to talk about I'm, i just i can't let that happen you know um and and before you know it college season starts 
And what helped me a lot, I going to Blair Academy, I, it really helped me with classes and what I needed to get done. As you know, you know, like high school is so different than college, but I, I was in a boarding school. So I was already kind of ready for that kind of lifestyle. Mm -hmm. You know, so when I got to college, it was nothing but it was basketball. Um, and, and now I'm in it. You know, stadium full, Duke fans everywhere. You're walking in campus. You know, you're the man. Uh, they love you. Everyone is nice to you. And you got to find a way of just blocking all that out, knowing that, you know, you're, all this is because you're a basketball player. Nobody really knows you as a person. You know, you don't really have a voice yet. All you got to do is just hope. And if that's gone, you're gone. You know, whether people like to admit it or not, if, if that's gone... You're, you're, you're forgotten, you know what I mean? And, and the mm -hmm. mission and the goal is you have people recruiting you every day and finding out everything about you. And, and I know it's a lot harder now. Now you got, you're recruiting a kid, you could go to their social media and tell a lot about their work ethic and what they mm -hmm. do and all that, you know? So that, that's the message that I always send to people. You know, you got to keep the same mindset no matter what you're given. Whatever your goal is, you can't lose track of just thinking that you succeeded already you know, and you're already thinking that you made it, but you haven't yet, you know, you, you got to stick with what got you there and keep doing it every day. That's, that's crazy. You say that because, um, you know, speaking about balancing school and, and, and basketball and then you know, college rankings and your mentality, like that didn't dawn on me. That whole mindset didn't dawn on me until I realized life after college was a thing when it came to basketball. Going into GW, I was just trying to play on that team. Then my sophomore year, I was just trying to be a better player on that team. Then all of a sudden, my I had to start shifting my mindset to being like, oh, you can play professional basketball. Then all of a sudden, they think, they're looking at me as an NBA player. So it went from not being very good at basketball to all of a sudden, and my, and my close friend Kenny from London said it to me during you know, my induction, he said, um, he said, you got to think about it. Like you, we came to this country, 98, 99. And by 2000, you know, four or five, I was considered an NBA player. And it just put my whole life in perspective because I was like, people ask me, how did you achieve it? What did you do? It was like, I don't, I just worked. Like literally you put your mind to something. Um, you can you can achieve it and block everything out, like you said. Although it was a different level, yes, my sophomore year I was one of I was big man on campus. I was this. We was we was had a little hype. Then going into my junior year, we was on ESPN. We had a couple games. We was ranked in the country. And I tell my parents I want to enter the draft. And um, that's a great question, uh, Boobs. I'm gonna get to that later. Um, uh, what you call it? My parents, they're big on education. And so they know I'm going to school over here. And then all of a sudden I call them and tell them, hey, I want to enter the draft to go back to, to, to the NBA. And they're like, no, you got to get your degree. So I got to figure out how to balance school and basketball at the same time. Like, how did you manage to do that? Especially my junior year, I was literally, we was literally top 15 in the country. First time we had been ranked in God knows how many years. And I was like a featured player on that team. And I'm trying to figure out um, how, how do I juggle this? I've never had this before. I wasn't even good at basketball. And now all of a sudden, nationally, people are recognizing um, 
who I am, who the team is, and it's new. And I lied to you now, I swear to God. I looked at, I, re, I referred to just how you re, how you were going about things, being uh, All-American, getting, getting recruited, and, you know, going to the NBA. And I remember us catching up and asking you about what I should do. And you tell me, you're going to make a decision, jump in with both feet. And just be a hundred percent with it. Whatever you do, be a man and and jump in with both feet. And I remember how what you said about you could be the you could be the man everybody's talking about. You can have all this notoriety and fame, but if you're focused and you're able to um, and you're able to focus in on your game and not let outside influences um, mess you up, then that'll allow you to, to not let that stuff affect you because. If, if you're a kid, you're a teenager, and that kind of stuff happens to you, it's going to get to your head at some point. But you have to figure out how humble you can be and how you can uh, um, uh, embrace it. And I remember watching you, how you embraced it, and I was like, I'm not even on his level. I need to handle it just as good, if not better, than he does. Because he's, he's down to earth and humble. How could I handle it any other way? And I'm not even getting the same type of attention. So that just put me in perspective and let me understand how to handle that kind of stuff. But it was all new to me. But again, it was just just going back to my core beliefs, you know, what I learned from my parents, my family, and from Joe about how to how to handle stuff like that. So yeah. that's the only way I can implement it. But to talk about, um, I know you only did one year, you know, in school, but Speak about your experience with the tournament and and March Madness and how that went. Man, uh, I, I'm gonna, you know, I, I'll, I'll answer that question. There's so many good questions I'm seeing, man. I know right. uh, some people are asking about how do you take that mindset uh, and apply it to business. And I know we said we have a bunch of, you know, uh, episodes, so we're gonna come to that. I'm yeah. sorry, you know, I don't want to jump into that now, but it's really right, important right, right. that at some point we kind of tell people, or I tell my side, Pops obviously tells his side about how, you know, this whole mindset and this whole upbringing and everything helps you with the business side of, you know, handling, you know, things differently than obviously just going out and physically, you know, uh, trying to get them done. So we'll talk about that more as we go on. But to answer your question, Pops, just to go back to, you know, the decision when I was 13 and just saying, okay, I'm going to go to the US and you know, basketball is it, this is what I wanna do. First it was, am I good enough to play in high school in the US? Um, then it went from, okay, I am good enough to play high school in the US. Am I going uh, college or am I going pro? And this, this jump happened in five years. Um, and it was a decision that I had to make and it wasn't an easy decision, believe it or not, you, you struggle so much uh, just through life growing up that all you think about is just, you know, getting there, getting there, getting there. But I knew that's not how I wanted to get there. I wanted, I wanted to learn more. I wasn't ready. You know, when that mm -hmm. time came, it was like, okay, here I have an opportunity of what I've been dreaming of or go to school for one more year. I'm a step away, but anything could go wrong, you know? So made that decision, felt good about it. I was happy to be at Duke. And obviously we had an amazing year. Uh, we had such a good team. The class before me was, you know, arguably the best Duke recruiting class of all time. You know, when you talk about guys like J.J. Reddick, Sheldon Williams, uh, Sean, Shavlik Randolph, 
um, Michael Thompson, all those guys went to Duke all together um, at the same time, you know? So that was like one of the best recruiting class. So for me jumping in, I'm like, we're going to have a good year. There's no doubt, mm-hmm. you know? And I get to school and I'm loving it. Um, you know, we're winning, we get to the final four and believe it or not, uh, when I first got to Blair Academy, remember I said my roommate was Charlie and me and Charlie mm-hmm. always spoke about, uh, just the fact that, you know, playing pros as, you know, uh, as our job and just, you know, all these guys we talk about all the time in the final four, watching March Madness every year together, uh, while we have Blair talking about it and all that. And. In the final four, I, you know, I meet Charlie. We run into UConn. Yeah. You know, we run into UConn, and it was, you know, it, it, it was such a hard game to lose. Not only did my brother go to UConn and leave UConn, but also Charlie goes to UConn. I was so close to UConn. I knew the whole staff uh, and everything. It was such a tough game for me, and we lost, you know. And right away, as soon as we lost, my mindset was, man, I got to I gotta come back to school and win it. You know, that was my first thing. I got to come back to school and win it. I don't care what. I'm coming back. I'm going to win but you, it. But you beat UConn and in that game, I, though, right? Y'all beat UConn, right? I'm, really? Yeah. You doing this on purpose? No, I'm not even being funny. You played ball. Nah, nah, you, you played ball in the game. Nah, you're doing this on purpose. I'm not even being funny, I swear. No, nah, no, we, we, lost, we, like lost, yesterday. we lost to UConn. UConn won it that year. Did they win it two years in a row? Is this where we're going with this? I thought I this is the you, new, I thought this is this is a Yukon thing. I thought it would talk, talk about before you know it, Charlie's gonna pop in there and remind me again. No, no, no. What I'm saying was I remember watching the game because I'm like, yo, my man is on the biggest stage and quiet as kept you killed Charlie. I remember that. And you played well. I just didn't remember who won the game. Nah, they 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 won they they won the game, pops. They won. Thanks a lot, man. But yeah, I don't know. Hey, who man, when you lose, that. when you the lose, year after lose that. your lesson. And then never and then the year lesson. after that, the year after that, Carolina won it. But we're gonna jump back to <laughs> so now. But it hurts, man. But anyway, so I go back. I'm like, yo, I gotta go back. I'm not ready to leave. I wanna go back. And I remember, believe it or not, and I tell people this. Final four was my first time my dad watching me play basketball. You know, now my dad is in a stadium with all these fans going crazy, everyone cheering my name, everything. And my dad's like, wow, this this is insane. This is crazy. You know, and right away, I'm caught up in, I got to make a decision. Am I coming back or not? You know, and believe it or not, my whole mindset was I'm coming back to Duke for the longest. You know, I'm coming back to Duke. And people are like, yo, are you are you crazy? You know, your whole life you've been talking about this is a dream. You wanted to be in the NBA. Mm-hmm. Why are you not going? And I'm like, I have unfinished business. I just felt like I got to come back and, and finish what I, I got to do it. But now I'm living a reality where I'm getting caught up in thinking that I'm pretty much I'm Superman. Nothing is going to happen. Everything is going to work out how it did in the past. And I had to kind of wake up. I had to be like, yo, you know, a lot of things went the right way. You're blessed. I have an opportunity to, to change things for my family, you know? In a way, when you think about it, everyone talks about, yo, you're jumping in, you want, you want money, you want this. It, it, it's all true, but at the same time, you forget that the way we're driven is to look out for our family, to look out for, you know, people that have been there for us. And the best way you know it is by doing what you do, being so good at what you do that you're getting paid for it, not just doing it, 
you know so my my whole mindset changed from just playing basketball for me and the good time i'm having in college and all that into i gotta keep doing this while i'm taking care of my family you know i don't care what anyone says that's the bottom line of it right so we go me mm -hmm. and and uh adam right i go i go visit my boy adam andre and we in uh muhlenberg I'm, I'm spending a week in his college me and and uh and, uh, and adam we drove from duke all the way to muhlenberg i get on the phone and i tell my coach uh, my high school coach yo i'm gonna do one more year i'm gonna do one more year at duke um i want to get back to the final four i'm gonna do one more year not thinking anything just talking to my coach my coach went and talked to uh coach k and the duke and told him that i'm coming back right so i sh i didn't tell my coach anything i just shared it with him so i get back on uh we're driving from jersey all the way to north carolina on our drive i'm i'm up at the time by the way even when i was drafted i never had a driver's license we're going to get to that story later but i never drove me either car. i didn't drive I my first car until i got to the nba yeah, me too. Uh, so we're in a car. Uh, my my boy Adam is driving. Uh, then they're taking turns. So when Adam is driving, you know, I'm thinking, I'm thinking, uh, and it just hit me. I'm like, I got to leave. What am I doing? Uh, I got to go. You know, this is like four hours into the drive. It's just middle of the night. It just hit me. I'm like, I'm, I'm gone. What, are, what am I thinking? Like, uh, this is it. I'm done. I'm, I, I, last year in high school, I said, I'm going to college. Now I'm in college. I'm, I'm trying to go back to school. What am I doing? You know, here's my dream. I'm wasting time. As much as, you know, I love Duke, I got to do this now. You know what I mean? And I made up my mind. So I show up at Duke and I pull up and I have a meeting with all the coaches. And I walked in and they thought I was staying. And this was the hardest thing wow. I ever <laughs> and you know everyone is celebrating and i have to sit down and i'm like um i changed my mind and joined the drive they're like what you mean you changed your mind it's like i just changed my mind i'm leaving and that's where yeah and, and from there that's where you know the decision to leave and become a pro that's that's really how i made my decision on the drive from new jersey to north carolina that's insane that's funny you say that because um <laughs> uh, so funny story I'm going to get back to my decision to um, my process real quick because we're going to get to some questions from people I I remember I'm going through the, the recruitment process I get to GW and they find out that you and I are close my coach finds out because my coach from GW came from UConn so he coached the Joe and he, want, and he was like look there's a relationship there. I always, I always felt like his brother was going to be good, and I really wanted to to, to coach him. Um, and he was like, "We have to get him to GW." I said, "What?" I said, "We got to get Lou to GW." I was like, "Coach," um, and this is exactly my response. I'm like, "Coach, uh, I don't think you understand his his top two his decisions are his decision is Duke." maybe another school and the NBA, Duke, yeah. Indiana and the NBA. And you want GW to come on, um, <laughs> to come into play? I'm not even gonna, I think I told you the story for the first time like a, uh, a little while ago, but I was like, there's no way we're gonna get him on campus. And I can't even ask him with a straight face, come on campus and try. Cause they really thought if we got him on campus, he was gonna come. So 
So there was that. Um, <laughs> I'm not related to James. <laughs> so, um, okay. So, Sandra, yeah, you see this. <laughs> yeah. Now, so, so let's we, get, we should get to some questions, huh? Yeah, okay. Yeah, we can do that. Um, yeah, we'll we definitely get some questions. I can talk about my process about the NBA starting to start off the next one because it does lead right into yeah. me um, going to the M straight to the league. So we'll we'll talk about that probably. Let's look at what we got here. Um, it's a good one. I think it's from my guy, Alan. Um, how supportive were your parents? I know you said your, um, your parents didn't see you play until you went to the Final Four. Um, well, my dad saw me in the Final Four. My mom's first game was in the NBA when I was playing my first game against uh, New Jersey Nets. Yeah. That's, that's crazy. For me, my parents had never seen me play until I think it was mid-junior year, and I was already thinking about going to the NBA myself. Never in their life had they ever seen me play basketball until yeah. I was 20 years old. And so um, they were supportive about me just being successful in life. Um, they wanted to make sure I had my education. They wanted to make sure whatever I did, I, I put, you know, the proper work ethic behind it. But um, that never, I didn't, we didn't have, I, I could say we, because I'm sure it's the same for you. We didn't have the experience of growing up, your dad driving you to an AAU tournament and cussing you out on the way home and building you back up. Like, we didn't have that. Literally, I would play an AAU tournament, I would just go home. I would talk to my brother every so often. Uh, and he would, he would, he would, that's the fatherly figure that I had in regards to basketball. So my parents, they were yeah. supportive to as much as they could have been. Um, yeah. No, no, they were definitely supportive, just differently. Not, not, you know, showing up to the games and stuff, but they made sure, they made sure they were at school meetings. Uh, they didn't miss that one. <laughs> yeah, I told you they were there for that. Man. They were there parents, for that. Um, pa parents' day. My 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 dad couldn't wait for Parents' day. Nah, I used to, man, I used to lie, man. I used to tell him we didn't have it this year, and um, I don't think my parents ever went to a parent-teacher conference when I was in 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 London. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I've seen that movie and it doesn't end well for this brother. So I'm not, I'm not. <laughs> yeah, my, yeah, it's, it's funny. It's funny. My dad, my dad used to go knowing, knowing damn well where he's going to hear it and just act surprised the whole time. Nah, that's not my son. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> and he knows damn well. He knows exactly what he's going to hear. He just go in, sit down and he just looks at me the whole time. Like, <laughs> oh. Oh man, I got some horror stories about that, but that's a whole other thing. Like, what we got next? Um, uh, Kieran Achara, I got a name for him that rhymes with banker. But um, he said, "Do you think it's harder to stay humble in in the social media era in this day and age? Do you think it's harder to stay humble in this man, social media era?" It's it definitely is. I think. Um... It's it's funny. Even my last my last few years in the NBA, man, it's uh, it's something that I I always said this. I used to used to play the game, and you would go home and listen to the commentators. Obviously, uh, fans could yell whatever they want to yell from the stands. Um, but the only people that were telling me, you know, how great I was, was the people that I allow in. So you know, family, close friends, uh, coaches that I've had, you know, whether it's my high school coach, my college coach, AU coach, you know, people that understood my game, understood the game. 
but you know the the praises and the criticism started you know I, I always blocked them out. I never really, you know, got a chance to let anyone to come close to me to to lead me in a way where they don't even know me. They didn't matter to me, right? right? But but now you got, you know, you could be in high school talking about being, you know, number one high school player or being recruited by everyone. Imagine the social media if if that was today. Um, it takes really a special, you know, a special kid to block those things out or. You're just so good that you don't block them out, but somehow it affects your personality or who you are as a person. You know, I, I just really think it's very hard that if you don't have close people in your life that can tell you and keep you humble, tell you right from wrong and keep you humble, when you're good at something, everyone is going to kiss your ass. And you might not think it affects one thing because you're so good at it, but it might affect the way you treat people. It might affect the way you carry yourself. So nah, definitely, it, it just affects people in general. I wouldn't just say, you know, basketball players, just people in general are affected by social media, whether it's good or bad, it affects them, you know? Yeah, man, it's, it's um, to piggyback off your point about your support system and the people around you, luckily, I guess coming from humble beginnings, uh, the people who I kept close to me and whose opinion I valued, they would never allow me to allow stuff like that to get to my head. Like, I remember seeing um, Barack Obama speak at a tech conference, and people were like, why is Barack Obama speaking at a tech conference? What does he have to do with tech? And by the end of his speech, like, the, the crowd was just, like, in awe of what he said. And he basically was saying he played basketball at a young age, and he, he knew at a young age that he wasn't very good or just wasn't going to make it to the NBA or even college. So he had uh, a high sense of self-awareness. And I think in regards to social media and letting stuff get to your head, you have to have um, a level of self-awareness and humility to, to coincide with it, to not allow those types of outside influences get to you. Um, it can easily affect you, especially if you're a kid. But, you know, knowing my siblings and my parents, if I were to ever come home on my high horse thinking I did something, I'd get slapped by every single person in that room. Yeah. And nah, so that's it's all about your support system. But nah, um, that's good. I got one. I got one good one from Justin. Uh, Justin asked, what was the Rod. one humbling? What was the one humbling experience in the NBA? Uh, so I'll let you go first, Pops. Like, what was the one... <laughs> Man, I, I, I think I think you might be talking about on the court. I don't know. If on the court, I think you're talking about on the court. I think you're talking about on the court. Yeah, I guess we can answer that one now. Um, bloody hell! I remember I get to Toronto and I come, I get caught up from the G League, so I'm kind of feeling myself, smelling my, you know, smelling myself, and then we play the Charlotte Hornets. And I remember I was in the rotation playing a lot, and my assignment was Boris Diaw. And I think uh, not a lot of people remember Boris Diaw when he was in Atlanta or or Phoenix. Like before he had gained a little bit of weight and before he had gotten to change his game, he was like this this skilled, like halfway athletic, you know, high basketball IQ type player. When I'm getting ready to play against him, he's 45, 50 pounds heavier. Me being an athlete and a defender, I was like, man, I'm about to kill this dude. They was like, look, don't let him go right. He's going to go right. I was like, man, he's not going anywhere. We get into the game. He scores 10 straight points on me. 
I'm talking. He he was he was looking left, going right. He was crossing over, spin moves, layup, and I literally looked at the bench like, I don't I don't know, <laughs> I don't even know what to do, coach. Like, he busts my ass. Like, well, what you want me to do? He busts my ass. And after that, I just went never judge a book by its cover, especially yeah. in the NBA. And uh, he he um yeah, burst out, burst out, woke me up. He definitely I learned my lesson with him. Yeah. Now I got a. Uh... I got a few, but the one, honestly, the one story that sticks out of my mind, obviously, and you could see why it's, it's really about LeBron and why, you know, he's still playing at the level he's playing at today. I remember during the, uh, the Olympics, um, we had to do a McDonald's commercial, uh, me and LeBron. And LeBron, during the, Olympics. the whole, uh, right before the Olympics. Oh, they, they, did they lose my number? Huh? You said you and LeBron had to do a McDonald's commercial. I mean, I don't really eat McDonald's, but that's, nah, I, don't see, remember, they, I don't remember getting yeah, that call. Nah, they messaged me to, to to send it to you, but at the time I lost your contact. But uh, oh, but you know, we I was, was, I was we, we, tell you. our rooms were right opposite each other during the Olympics. So um, no, no, that this was right before, like right before uh, you changed your number. So I was texting your old number a couple of times. I don't know what happened, but if you if, sound if, like you, them light skinned girls in high school again, though. <laughs> <laughs> You sounded like the girl yo, I was supposed to go yeah, to the prom Yo, you're about, you're about to get someone's man. I ain't, going, I ain't going that route. I, I ain't going that route. I don't know anything. I don't know what you're talking about, bro. Oh, but, you're um, stupid. Go nah, ahead. Bro. Yo, I remember we're doing, uh, we're doing a McDonald's commercial, and we had a, a trailer. You know, each of us, they bought us a trailer. And I'm like, yo, I'm doing a McDonald's Levels. commercial. Levels. So so we're doing a commercial, and every now and then we take a break, and we go back to our little trailer, right? So I go in there. My brother came with me. So it was me and Aquay. We're in there. We, I will go back to the trailer, and it's like 30 minutes, 40 minutes, and then they'll call us back, and then we'll go back, you know? And I'm sitting there, and I'm just like, yo, I wonder what, what are they doing? You know, like, I'm over here bored. This is like hours and hours of shooting. I'm over here bored. I'm like, yo, what's LeBron doing in his trailer? Like, what's going on? So I'm like, man, I'm just going to walk over there, you know, just talk to them, whatever. So I'll go over there. LeBron got a whole gym set up. Uh, and we're doing a commercial. This guy got dumbbells. He got bands. He's working on his body. He got someone, you know, putting his body back after, like, you know, we're walking. We're doing the commercial. We're dribbling, you know, doing all this stuff, talking. I'm like, yo, I left that day, honestly, and... I work hard. Like, I know I work hard, but I'm just like, yo, this guy works smart, you know? And that was the whole difference. Like, I would get up in the morning and get my work in, but he took every opportunity, you know, every opportunity he got to make himself better while he's doing something else, you know? And it, it just, it takes you to a different level of just, you know, I thought I was working so hard. And this is what I always tell kids, as hard as you're working, you could always learn from somebody else and apply it to, to your game. And after that, I remember after seeing LeBron do that, I went out, I got a trainer, I got someone that was there all the time. I was always working on my body. Every chance that I got, I would go to the gym. When my friends came and visit me, I had a gym near the house that we would go to. And that's where I learned it from. I, I didn't see it that way, you know? But that, honestly, is, is the difference between being an all-star or a two-time all-star or being a 10 to 15-time all-star. You might, or even making it to the NBA, you might have the talent you might not just understand what it takes in terms of, you know, work and what you need for yourself. And I always say, 
learn from others, take it, apply it to yourself and see if it fits you, you know? And I know we're, we're running late. Oh, we're not running late, but we got five minutes left, Pops. If you got anything you want to say now, you know, throw it out there. I know we're going to come back again with the fourth episode. And I think next one we're going to talk about being a pro, obviously, and uh, what you have to do to get to the NBA and stick in the NBA. Yeah, man, I think, you know, I guess as these go on, like, we're getting more and more great questions and more and more, um, you know, uh, stuff that we should address. So, again, everybody who asked the question, trust me when I say we got people writing them down. We're going to address them. We're going to come uh, come back and talk about them. We're going to make sure we get our shout-outs in. Shout-out to Kieran, my brother, brothers, sisters, um, fat fans in Turkey, uh, shout out to Ghana, the kids in Ghana watching, Africa in general, I should say. Um, you know, I saw a lot of questions, people saying, when are we going to build more courts or bring more stuff to Africa? You know, you're talking to, in regards to Lou, you're talking to somebody whose probably mindset is to do more in Africa than anywhere else on this on this planet. So anything is come, it's definitely coming there. Myself, we're doing stuff in Ghana too. So we're going to keep things going. And again, for the next episode, feel free to reach out and send us questions. We'll definitely have every single question somebody's answered up until this point. And there's, I think the last episode is we're going to do random stories and questions. So trust me, yeah. if we didn't answer your question today, it may not have been pertaining to today's topic or we just didn't have time to get to it. So we're definitely going to address those questions and get back to it. We appreciate everybody coming. Love you guys. And we're just going to keep this going. Both yep. of them. No, you said it. N17 yeah, you, in the building. N17. Yeah, you, you, you said it. Listen, you said it all, man. You said it all. Can't wait to see everyone. Shout out to everyone that showed up. Alie, Christelle, I see you. Shout out. Um, seriously, everyone, thank you so much. We're going to get back to the next episode. We're going to answer all the questions. And, you know, quick message to all, you know, uh, the light skinned girls in high school that didn't reach out to Pops. <laughs> Y'all messed up, man. But anyway, all right, everyone, take care. Uh, see you next time. <laughs> Alright, man. Be safe. Alright, all right, peace. You are listening to the Hoops Fix podcast, the official voice of the UK's largest basketball website. Visit hoopsfix.com for exclusive news, videos, and more.